What's good, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Through It All podcast. We are here at the box in Costa Mesa and sitting in front of you, Coach Mario Angelito, founder of the box here. Um, so Coach Coach Mario um, has been training people, working with people in the boxing industry for 23 years and uh, just easily the best person I've seen with the jump rope. So super cool dude, just like all the other guys here and I'm just, I, I'm fortunate for your time. I appreciate you coming today. Thank you, man. And uh, just kind of to, to get into it. So you teach a boxing fitness class, obviously like just a class, yep. 10 a.m. on Saturdays. And I showed up for the first time with the guy who we had on earlier, Sean. And uh, you like you pushed me to my max. Like I've never that like I play right basketball, so I kind of feel like I'm in. I was in decent shape, but when I got to this, it was just ridiculous. Like it was the hardest workout I've had to that date. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the next hardest one was the following Saturday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So why do you push people to their max even if they're not trying to be like in the ring all the time? What does that mean to you? So you know. There, everybody has is, is different, right? And we all move different. We all play different sports. But there comes a time and place for us for boxing. It's a survival type of uh, movement. And so I implement kind of like um, real-life uh, situations where, like, hey, when you're in the ring, you're fighting for your life, right? Mm -hmm. And versus, hey, here's, catch this ball. Or, yeah. or, hey, throw the ball at me and let me try to hit it. Versus when there's punches flying at you and you gotta evade from one to one side of the ring to the other side of the cage or and, and life in general you gotta like you know evade punches if somebody's attacking you so I I try to think about all the scenario situation what muscles what uh what what exercise can help you to to evade shots to actually get away and and move and and I get not be not get punched and become a victim you know what I mean so. That's the difference be between my type of training versus like, you know, traditional trainings when you're, you're training for a, a certain sport like, you know, tennis, basketball, yeah. football. Like, so that's why we, you know, the first day that you came through, we were sprinting from one angle, we were jogging to another angle, and then we were sprinting to the, another angle. So it's just, it's just movement, you know what I mean? So I want to teach people to, to, to what you call, use their fast twitch muscles and also Stay stay active with the slow twitch muscles. So that's a little bit of what, what I I like to implement in my in my training system. You know, <laughs> if it makes any sense. Yeah, no, definitely. And I really liked when I I think I alluded to a question similar to this a while back, yeah. where it was like you're like, if I drop you off in war, I know that when when you went through the workouts, you're gonna make it because because if I didn't do it, then I like you said I failed as a like a trainer or what What was the exact yeah. way you... So let, let's just say, um, like if I if I know I, uh, which I call it, like after you train with, with us, you know what I mean? And, you know, worst case scenario, somebody drops you off in, in, in war, like in the middle of the battle zone. Dude, your whole uh, survival instincts are going to kick in. You're going to have to crawl. Uh, um, like if I tell you, hey, Connor, I want you to crawl half a mile on, only on your elbows, not using your, your knees. Yeah. You're gonna be Mario. That's impossible. But with someone shooting at you, bro, and and your life is on under uh, on the line, you're gonna crawl. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna you're not gonna use your legs because if you get use your legs, you're gonna get shot. Like let's just say that's the that's the rule or that's the price you gotta pay. So you're gonna use your elbows and you're gonna crawl. Your elbows are probably gonna be bleeding, but you're gonna make it all the way through from point B. 
from point A to point B, you're going to make it. So it's the same thing. That's why I was kind of telling you, like, when you train with us, I know if I drop you off at more after, like, you know, eight weeks training camp with us, I know you're going to survive because I know that you, uh, your mentality is going to change. You know, mm -hmm. it's going to, it's, it's not going to go, it's like, oh, do I want to train like this? <laughs> or you're going to be like, shit, I got to fucking make, I just got to finish this workout. Otherwise, uh, how am I, how am I going to fucking get home? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and you know, you got to make, you got to change your mentality of training. You gotta think you're going to war. You gotta survive. You gotta make sure that that all of your senses are alert and and you're like not doing this because oh I have to do this. You know I just want to look cool. I mean you you've been to our workouts. There's no there's no uh, what's it called like hey take a little break and have a little sip of water. It's like it's a survival thing. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, man. I will. I mean, it's like I told you. It's literally changed the way I operate and think, and it's changed my life. So, honestly, to anyone out there and you're in the area, I one thousand percent recommend. So, what kind of got you into uh, boxing, and who was your, who was someone that kind of guided you on the path to where you're at now, like a mentor almost? You know, so I, I grew up in Santa Ana in the '90s, and it, it was a really, really rough time, you know, in Santa Ana. Uh, there's a lot of gang activity, a lot of. Uh, you know, and I was I was the oldest of all of my all my brothers and sisters. You know, so I didn't have any guidance with like older brothers to protect me or, or 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 to show me like, hey, don't don't go around here, don't go there. I just kind of had to find out everything on my own, and it's, it was rough sometimes. You know, because I, I had to learn um, the hard way. So yeah. I knew at a young age because I, I was I was getting bullied a little bit by the older kids, the gang member kids. You know what I mean? And, and I knew that I, I needed to fight. Like, I, I never wanted to play soccer. I never wanted to play baseball when I was little. I wanted to watch just wrestling, kung fu movies, Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah. So I knew I needed, like, but I think it was because of the environment that I grew in. Uh, I, I really didn't have a choice but to kind of, like, I want to learn how to defend myself, you know. I didn't have older brothers, like I said. I didn't have, like, older cousins. I'm, I'm one of the oldest of my all my siblings and, you know. So I kind of had that itch of like learning how to defend myself. So I had a my mom's uh, long distance cousin. He's older, around like you know my mom's age, and he used to go to weightlifting gym when when he was younger, you know. And then he he told my mom, "Hey, there's like a little boxing program for for Mario. Um, you think he, he can come? He can come with me the days that I go." And and that's how I started. I, I in 1990, like that was a yeah, that was like. <laughs> 30 years ago, yeah, pretty much, I think. Yeah, so um, I'm 42 now, so I, I fell in love the first day I walked in the, the gym. I saw kids sparring, and I said, and I knew it was legit. It wasn't like, I knew Kung Fu was like kind of a little bit staged and stuff like that when yeah. you saw movies, but then when you saw like boxers box on pay-per-view or, or on, on live, live TV, you knew it was it was a serious sport, you know? And then I, I immediately fell in love with it, and, and I stayed there. It was called the Jerome Center in Santa Ana. So <laughs> that's where I started at. Man, so when you mentioned that you grew up in an environment that was like really rough and you didn't have anyone to, to kind of look up to, yeah. how did you kind of navigate through that on a day-to-day -day basis where it's like, you know, like it gets rough out there. So yeah. did you just like say, hey, you know what? I'm eventually I'm going to, I'm going to get out of here with and use boxing as like a tool Yeah. so I could just use boxing and then whether it's fighting I know you had a career fighting and then you switched to training yeah so kind of go into that process like you picked it up at the Jerome Center boom yeah. 
that was kind of your way out and then now you're training people yeah so look i had two choices i was either gonna end up in i had to join a gang like almost all the kids when i was growing up they had to either go gang gang banging or they would just get into sports and i knew that like the older the older homies like in the neighborhood would be like hey you're gonna be you know in sports stuff like that they kind of like would look up and that like oh hey he's a good kid you know like leave him alone don't mess around with him or they were like hey what's up with you you gonna jump in or or we're gonna have to fuck you up every day mm-hmm. you pass through so i kind of yeah you're right i had to kind of use it as an escape from everything and then they, i started noticing they they would leave me alone because they were always gonna go box you know and they would see me come back with my little hand wraps mm-hmm. and you know i would take my little bike around like to get to the other side i, I would have when i i first started um my, my cousin started taking, my mom's cousin used to take me first. And then he kind of got busy and stuff like that, but it, he, was, he couldn't go anymore. Then I had to like run. I, at 10 years old, I was running three miles one way and then running 10, three miles on the way back. Jeez. So I, 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 was, I was on one side of the city and the, the only boxing gym that I, was available to me was in, on the other side of the city. I almost getting to another city. So at 10 years old, bro, in the 90s of gangbanging, shooting, I was running through neighborhoods where it was like really dangerous. So. Uh, I just kept telling my mom that, like, you know, I was getting rides and stuff like that from Jeez. from friends, and I, they were dropping me off. But I had to lie a little bit because my mom was really concerned that yeah, kids would, you know, try to hurt me or like just gang members and stuff, you know. So, long story short, um, I ended up, uh, you know, competing in, in, in amateurs. Um, back then, I couldn't. I now people fight a lot, you know, but I fought twenty times. I lost my first fight, and then after that, I was like. I didn't lose any, any fights until you know I, I was gonna turn pro, and then that's another <laughs> another story. But yeah, that's that's how I kind of um, I just finished high school and then um, I started working a little bit. You know. So you you were doing your fighting stuff, and then I remember you telling me a while back that oh, then you like this guy said hey. Can you train me? And then boom, you just started training people. And now, oh, yeah, yeah. Twenty years, twenty years yeah, later. So, um, you know, I just uh, what's it called? Uh, I ended up at a uh, working working in, in Tustin, California, and I I met a what's it called? Uh, a couple of people that said, "Hey, there's a gym by your house." You know, I was out of high school already at this time, and they uh, they pointed me out to, to the gym that was near nearby. And I ended up going there, and there was a bunch of like MMA guys. There was like a bunch of um, what's it called, uh, boxers. And I was like, oh, it's pretty cool, you know. So I went in there, and I ended up, uh, you know, just training and getting uh, getting ready so I could go pro because I already had a, uh, an amateur experience, and I was, uh, uh, you know, and when, at Jerome Center, I used to train with, at the age of sixteen. I was already sparring with like world champions, old, old school world champions. I was getting, I was getting. Uh, um, schooled by them you know but so when i got to test and i was like these guys were like new the mma was kind of new and the uh the boxers that were there they weren't as 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 polished as the the guys that i was training at the drone center so it was easy for me i was like oh shoot this is pretty pretty easy but then i um i started getting serious and then i i decided i, I was gonna go and and go pro but one of the mma fighters he was super famous at the time um he hit me up and said hey can you help me out a little bit with, with hands? Because I'm gonna go to Japan and and I I, I I need to get my hands ready. So I said, man, I got a fight coming up, and <laughs> he ended up uh, saying, hey, well, I'll take care of you. Like you know, your your 
your finances and, and but please help me out for this fight and then he's a good dude so good friend of mine and then i ended up uh just working with him and when he came back like he did so good down down in japan that like a lot of people started out, hey who, who's helping you out and, mm. and then i kind of got put on the map and after that you know and then then i went from I, I gotta fight again another guy hits me up and it's like hey can you help me out with my hands and another like you know one famous guy after another famous guy started hitting me up and at the time they were famous you know and yeah and and then it, it kind of created a chain of uh, like a chain reaction and everybody started like hey well go to this guy and go to this guy and then i i ended up just like by accident coaching you know yeah and i was making way more money than i would have been fighting boxing i would have been like just barely uh, surviving you know mm. i was working at a gas station and i was going to college and it was it was rough for me you know like to be a fighter because i didn't um you know my i have a, my mom was like a single mom you know and she she kind of raises uh, on her own so it was hard for me to like tell her at that time um you know to help me uh, excel in my career when she barely had enough to feed my brothers and sisters you know mm -hmm. so i i saw that as an opportunity to kind of help myself i made triple quadruple the money that i was making at a gas station you know wow. just training these guys for a few hours a day so I, I, I kind of hit a, a little little niche, I guess, you know, like, like a little little glitch of, you know, making money and still do what I what I love to do is train, you know. So I ended up staying with, with, with that group, and my coaching career began right there at 20 years old. Amazing. I was like one of the youngest coaches, too, in Orange County That's at the time. So it, it was pretty cool, you know, good, great experience. That's so awesome. So you went from not even having being a trainer on your peripheral to, I know you mentioned you work with a current Eagles player right now and um, you worked with Kobe. Back, back then, well, my friend, um, Andre, he, he used to he used to uh, train Kobe and they just trained the wife and stuff, you know, and it was it was super, it was good good timing back, back then, you know. We were at LA Boxing, I think, I believe. It was still before they turned into UFCs. And, you know, it was, a, um, it was great, like, meeting all, we met so many people, you know, going, through the boxing, uh, through the boxing world, you know, and it, it was always just like you never knew who would walk through the door, you know. It was like a famous. I really don't like talking about like actual yeah. names because it, it just kind of like that's my where I want to keep it humble for myself because I just you know. Um, but people that know me and they go to some of my social media, they can see like, oh damn, he's he's trained with this guy, he trained that guy, and so they can kind of see that, but. Uh, I think that's what makes me a little bit, uh, yeah. uh, a little bit more like on the unique side, where like I don't really like throw names out there. They yeah. Just if they want to know who I train, they just go to my social media and then they can see like, because you know, it, it, they say a, a picture is, is is worth a thousand words, right? Like, so it's better that that my work speaks for itself. You know. I love that man. That's yes. why. That's why I love you. That's why I love you guys here, man. Yeah, man. It's a different. It's a, I'm so, cause I've never been to a boxing gym before yeah. this, right? Only basketball, only lifting. And I come in here and it's just like instant. Like I feel this sense of, I said this early, like huge community. Yeah. Everyone's pulling for each other to like, I mean, you might be pushing people to their max potentials and they might not like it just because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But at the end, it all comes from the love. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You guys are huge family people. So, so I guess that's how it works, right? Like, you know, I mean, your teammates, your basketball teammates, you rely on one another, right? So, same thing here. Like, we, we rely on each other's energy. Like, oh, John Connor's here. Sean's here. Soto's here. Oh, it's going to be a great workout. 
But when sometimes you're like, oh, like, we don't know this guy, we don't know that, the energy kind of changes, you know. But when we all kind of know each other, we know how we can push each other. Mm. You know that um, I got your back, you got yep. my back, and we're we're not gonna leave any man down, you know. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna crawl together if it's necessary, but yeah, we're gonna get the job done, you know. <laughs> so my man, my that's man. how family orientation orientation is, is big for us here. You know? And then, just one more, um, what does through it all mean to you? The name of the podcast. Oh, you, well, you know, through it all is like kind of a uh, sharing what everybody does, you know, for you know, as their careers and, and for people to listen to it is very important, you know. It's, I, I say more like an education, you know, mm-hmm. um, good education for everybody to to kind of listen. It's good, like, look, when you go to school, you listen to your teachers, right? Mm-hmm. And because of teachers, we know how to count. We know how to, you know, pay our bills, pay our rent. We know how to draw things. We know how to give directions. We, got, we owe this all to teachers, and I think, what you guys are doing is teaching a lot of people different things, you know, throughout, you know, right. You still remember your first kindergarten teacher, maybe? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So you owe a lot to that, that, that person taught you how to, like, you know, stand in a straight line. Yeah. Gave you manners immediately, you know what I mean? Like, gave you a couple color crayons, and then you knew how to, like, draw little things, you know, or maybe your name, or, you know. We all need that guidance, and I think you guys are doing a great, great thing with that. What would you say is the biggest risk that you took? Like, I know obviously opening a gym that takes a lot of like risk and you know mental fortitude to say, "Hey, I'm going for it," and yeah. I'm gonna just live with whatever happens. So, talk about how you founded it, opened it, all yeah. that stuff. So you know, it takes courage, like you said. Everything takes courage, even to get in the ring, just to spar a little bit, takes courage. So, all my life I've been fighting, you know. So it came to a point. I'm I'm 42 years old, and it came to a point in my life where I was like, hey, I gotta stop making all these other, like, gyms rich, man, because I was, I I mean, from your experience, you see how we assembled, like, a great team. Right? Incredible team. Incredible team, you know, and I know these guys for a long time, Soto, like, a bunch of other, my, my friend, I'm on the Santa Cruz, like, four-time world champion, and then, uh, many others, dude, like, I, I, I work for my, my old friend, uh, Rampage Jackson, I helped out open up his gym, it's one of the the pioneers that got me into coaching back in the day, you know, Dave Roberts, Hector Ramirez, a lot of guys, you know. Anyways, um, you know, it takes courage to to open something up, and I um, I've been working for all these companies, you know, and and I see that they they became super successful, and I won't I don't want to like be not a humble person, but I know what I'm worth. Mm. So I brought a lot of people to these gyms and. And, and connected everybody together. We had great sparring teams. We had a lot of victories. We had some losses, you know, like everybody loses, but you know, my, um, I want I'm really proud of this, you know, but I got like a, a 95% winning rate, you know what I mean? When it comes down to fights, because we do preparation really good. Like how Solo said, eight weeks bro, of hell, you know, eight weeks of hell. The, the preparation is the hardest part. So, you know, assembling great teams like that, it encouraged me to uh, to open up uh, my, my own my own place. I was working at the last place I was working at was a pretty uh, pretty like legit gym. It was a little bit of a lot of bodybuilding and weightlifting, but I used to rent a little area where, where I had uh, all my boxing equipment and, and my my boxing area, you know. And so I used to see that a lot of the coaches there, the, the weightlifters, they were like driving um, 
you know, Lamborghinis, R8s. Um, they were driving like exotic cars, you know, and, and I started seeing like, this is kind of like a trend. And I was like, am I staying behind? Is this like the, the new thing, the new way of like, coaches gotta like look a certain way or drive a certain car in order for them to get a lot of uh, clients? Because these guys were killing it, bro. They were like client after client and they were just like, driving their Lambos, their Ferraris, and I was like, wow, man, this is pretty cool. And it opened my eyes a little bit, so I said, man, um, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna focus, and, and just through the pandemic, I ended up just saving all my money, just working really hard. When people were like, hey, can you train me at five in the morning? I'm there, dude, I'm there. Can you train me on Saturday? Can you train me on Sunday? I was there, dude. When nobody wanted to train other people, I was training people, dude, so I, I I would say called uh, saving enough money, dude, to to buy me cash, an exotic car, mm. and I said, "Damn!" When I, when I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I, I looked at my account and I was like, "Oh shit, man! I I got enough to go buy one. I mean, probably not the top one, like a million dollar one, but I could have got a really decent one, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> really like a little starter one, you know." Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I wasn't gonna. I didn't have to pay no finances. I was gonna go and boom, here's here's cash. Give me a good deal, you know. And then I ended up just, you know, thinking, thinking about life and thinking about all the people that I work with. And I said, that's not me, you know, that's, that's not who I am. I, I love that those guys inspired me to, to do it because I was like, man, I think I got to do that, you know, because these guys are killing me. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that that wasn't me, you know, I, 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 I love working people. I'm, I'm just driving a Honda dude right now, but I own my own gym. Yeah. And so that's like the, 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 uh, uh, the glory about all the, the whole little journey that I did, saving my money, working when nobody wanted to work, everything was closed, everybody was scared. I put my life on the line, bro, because, you know, the pandemic was killing a lot of people, you know, and I, I knew I was taking a high risk, you know, everybody's sweating on you. But at the end, I collected all that, all that, uh, um, all those funds, and I, um, I, I just dug deep in my heart and I said, hey, what do you want to do? Man? You want to drive a car that's a liability? Or do you want to open up your own thing and stop making all these other people money and make money for your family, for your friends, so you can help out? You know, we got Sean working now. Got Sean. Sean, Sean's the, one of the best, bro. Yeah. So I, I, I'm able to help other people, you know. And then I brought my brother Soto Karas from LA. I brought him out here, and now he's he's my he's my right hand man when it comes down to the the training. And um, I, I'm just really grateful for to have a great team like that. You know, there's there's a lot of guys. Uh, that are helping out right now at the box. And I think that was the best thing that, the best decision I did, not to buy that exotic car and, and invest my money in the right direction, you know, like where now I'm able to help, you know, kids that are like underprivileged kids, you know, hey, come in, don't go out in the streets, don't, like I, I, I went through all of that, so I understand. So, you know, maybe we can help kids, that, um, youth that it's at risk, you know what I mean? And people that just want to lose weight, they want to, um, gain control of their, their health again, you know? I mean, we can, they come through the door every week, you know, and, and that's the joy and happiness that I'm, that I'm enjoying now. Versus, you know, the money's, you know, I'll be a liar and say, oh, I don't, the money is not important. Yeah, because with money, you can help people, you know, if you use it for, in the right direction, you can, you can feed more people, you can help your family, you can f help friends in need, you know? Um, so, you know, the money will come at one point, you know, where I don't, uh, I don't have to worry. And I say this because, like what we talk about, we created a great team, so it's growing. The box is growing. Costa Mesa is a great city. I mean, we're in between Newport and 
Irvine, yep. Huntington Beach, Santa Ana. I mean, we're in the center, and then we're right next to the Triangle Square. So anybody that wants to come in yeah. and work out, you know, amazing stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, just one last thing. Yeah. Uh, I know you're a busy man, but what advice would you give to yourself at your lowest point? When I when when I was at my lowest when point, you are at your lowest point. Yeah, I've been I've been at my lowest point many times, brother. Yeah, <laughs> many times. So look, I I uh, I have this this thing right where where I said I tell to a lot of people I said, hey, it's okay to mess up, you know. Let's be honest, it's okay to fuck up. Yeah, it's okay to be a fuck up. It's okay to be a fucking you know low life a criminal, a druggy drug dealer. It's okay. But what's not okay is to fucking stay there, dude. You gotta like get up, and you gotta say, "Hey, I can't stay here. Like, this is not this is not a place for me to be here." But it, nobody can say, "Hey, I lived a perfect life," you know. But it's it's what you want to do, you know. Like that's what I had to tell myself. Hey, Mario, I fucked up so many times. You fucked up here. You fucked up there. You messed this up. You messed that up. But you gotta at one point say, "Hey, do I stay there?" Do I do I get up, dust myself off, and I and I just continue with my life, you know, and for for the good, you know, like you wanna you wanna you wanna reverse what you did, you know, in, in many ways by you know just doing the opposite, you know, mm -hmm. get, get healthy. First of all, train your body. Fucking, if you think uh, drugs, alcohol, all that shit's gonna, you know, that's just just to s subside the pain, mm -hmm. but hey. Stop being a fucking lazy ass. Get up, work out, and get clarity in your mind. You know what I mean? Like, you get it. I don't care how hungover you are. You go for a fucking five mile run, six mile run. All that shit's coming out of your body. All that toxin and poison. And then you're gonna be like, damn, I'm, I'm so thankful that I did this. You know? So that's that's the advice that I'll give myself first before yeah. I give it out to people. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, man. For sure, man. Beautiful I story, and I I all forever grateful for. Thank the you. principles you you guys teach here because like for me it's like well one of my good friends told me this it's like there's so much stuff you can buy but how like you 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 guys shifted my perspective and to me that's worth so much more than anything you could ever buy first because that's forever so i I'm, i appreciate you man for sure my man. thank you for having me man, my man. Woo! yeah good stuff coach there you go. <laughs>